You're now listening to a Sanity Hot Take. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bonus episode. This is Nathan Alverson, humble and obedient host. I'm a white guy. I'm going to be talking about some rap with my brothers. We got... <laughs> I'm already so ashamed. We've, <laughs> we've got... <laughs> Should I cock my hat? <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> we've got... Because I'm not gonna. We've got DJ Jakey Jeff here. A.K.A. Jake Menzel. In the Fresh Prince. And, <laughs> and Fresh Prince Ben. Ah, uh, Fresh. Yeah. I'll give you my rap later, listeners. How I got to be the Fresh Prince of <laughs> Ben. I, I don't remember how it went, but uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting <laughs> stuff. Uh, we are going to do something that everyone's been requesting and that we were resistant to at first, which was a Kanye hot take. Man. Yay. Yay. And... We have our very own friend, who I think Ben is basically going to play the role of you, because do you listen to a lot of rap? Uh, no, I don't. Who, what's your favorite rap song? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I, hey, I, I, for, for a while there, I really liked one of Propaganda's albums, but that's spoken word, I'm told, not rap, so I, I stink. <laughs> yeah. Jer- <laughs> Jeremy, can't believe it. Oh, no. Who's this? It's... Identify yourself, sir. Hey, Jeremy Chastine. Jeremy Chastine. He is the brother of Brandon Chastine, who you may know from the Bookening. If you listen to the Bookening, you may hear him shout it out because he's one of our fine supporters. He's the dark-hooded Lord of Death. That's right. Himself, successful businessman, actually helps with business uh, with uh, Warhorn Media too. Gives us some yep. time. It's helped us a lot, and has effectively bought his way onto the show. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We wanted him to come on because. Ah, so Ben Solzer, so white, you're not even going to hear any more from him. Me, also pretty white. (laughs) Jake, not as white. I mean, but still pretty white. Still pretty white, yeah. Yeah. Jeremy, sounds like I'm setting it up that Jeremy's like, hey, I'm not going to even try to do a black guy voice. still pretty white. Yeah, Jeremy's still pretty white, but Jeremy actually enjoys the rap. He likes to listen to the rap. He likes to listen to uh, the Notorious Big and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> no, I, the Bare Naked Ladies. Yep. <laughs> what if that was all my rap references? <laughs> <laughs> the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah. DC Talk. DC Talk, all the great... <laughs> Toby Mac. Toby Mac, all the great rappers. But we did want to talk about Kanye. We did have a few thoughts. This is going to be short. Maybe we should talk, should we say, Jake, why we were resistant to doing like a whole proper Sound of Sanity episode on Kanye? Because everybody wanted it from us, or everybody, the world was clamoring for it. We've been getting multiple requests yeah. a day. Yeah. My main resistance to doing a Kanye episode is that people need to leave Kanye alone and shut up and let Kanye be Kanye and figure out what it means to be a Christian. <laughs> and not that many people have that much interesting to say. But he's a celebrity who came to faith and is trying to figure out what that means. Okay, give him space to do that and let's let him be. You know, if we have anything to say to him, maybe it's step out of the limelight for a minute and figure out your family and your life. But keep off the Kardashians. (laughs) Keep off the Kardashian program and, you know. Killing that show would be a good step. Killing that show and just getting out of the limelight. But I'm sure Kanye listens to... Sound of Sanity, I'm sure he wants to help produce the next My Soul Among Lions album. And, and right, fingers crossed. Right, you're, yeah. you're welcome to, Kanye, if you're listening, but <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to stand in your way. But yeah, that was our resistance. It's just, you know, I mean, everybody's got an opinion and 
most of them don't seem all that necessary to yeah. to me at least. Yeah. I speak for myself here. But Jeremy, you are going to like your brother does on the booking provide some much needed context cuz you're a horrible sinner and you've listened to some Kanye in your life. Yep. So I guess if we start back at the beginning uh, and we do a really 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 quick like run through with his discography. You got Kanye, he grew up in a broken family. He moved to Chicago with his mom. He quickly got into music, specifically via sampling. He was, didn't have enough patience, according to himself, to learn an actual instrument. So the best thing he could do was get a computer and actually start sampling. He was really good at it, started selling his beats pretty early on. And then ultimately, he moved out to New York, started working with Rockefeller, which was Jay-Z's group. Got some beats on on Jay-Z's albums. I think he's got five or so on Blueprint, which is one of the most famous Jay-Z albums. And the whole time, though, he actually kind of despised being a producer. He wanted to be actually a rapper. And it's pretty it's pretty interesting if you read like some of Kanye's early stuff. There's like he he would take every opportunity he could to sing or to to rap in front of these people trying to get them to produce his next album so like there's a famous thing where at Rockefeller he's in front of them all talking to him and he gets up and he raps Jesus Walks which is one of his famous early songs on late registration he gets done he walks into the next room and they all burst out laughing making fun of him and so this is like where Kanye is coming from. Nobody's taking him serious as a rapper, but everybody takes him serious as a producer. So he was a successful producer. Oh, very, very, very. Yeah. I mean, like the biggest rap artists at that time all were using Kanye's beats. Grammys, the people who were getting Grammys at that time, most of them were from Kanye's samples. I mean, he is he was the greatest producer. And that's why Rockefeller refused to let him go. And actually, he was working like one thing that you can say about Kanye West from the very beginning is that Kanye West has a work ethic and a drive that is matched by nobody else. So he was working as a producer and working on his solo stuff at the same time. And then what happened is that one night he was driving home from the place and he got into a wreck and broke his jaw in like five places and they didn't think he would ever be able to rap again. Instead, he went home and like almost immediately started working on his album again, which there's a song on his first album called Wire or something. I can't remember what it's called. But it's him in his apartment working through this process of having his jaw wired shut. And he puts it out and Rockefeller and them hear it and they basically can't at this point, can't put this guy aside. All of the people listen to this thing, love it. So then Late Registration comes out and it's immediately critically acclaimed, et cetera, et cetera. And if you listen to those first three albums, all it is is Kanye just saying, you know, look, nobody thought I could do it, but I did. I'm the best kind of thing. (laughs) And that basically goes from Late Registration all the way up to Graduation where it's him just basically proving himself to the rest of the world that not only is he the greatest producer of all time, he's also the greatest rapper, which makes him the greatest artist, <laughs> obviously. The greatest human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah, like, Kanye, I mean, you've got, you know, Michelangelo, you've got Bach, exactly. you've got well, Kanye. I mean, he's literally got, said. That's not Jake exaggerating. That's what, that's, this is what that's literally what he, yeah. he, he, he literally say. has said that he's Shakespeare in the flesh. And I mean... In some ways, you cannot look at the last 20 years or so of rap and not see that Kanye has completely changed it. Before this, 
every rap artist was a gangster, right? right. You know, Jay-Z, you know, all of these it's people. It's Dre, right? right? Like, Dre defined the rap of the 90s yes, and the early exactly. 2000s. And Kanye gave us Jay-Z, gave us these more, yeah. more musical, uh, bringing a different kind of pop musicality to rap was, I mean, that's Kanye. That's just yep. Kanye. Yep. And, a, and just a complete break from the idea that a rapper had to be a gangster. I mean, right. Kanye West is this middle-class suburban kid. He didn't grow up in like the streets. His mom was a professor at a university, you know, so he's coming in and now he's like completely changing the landscape of what a rapper could be. And so then he go, we go into like his, the next phase of Kanye, which is also a semi comeback story, which is, you know, he, he goes off of graduation to doing 808's Heartbreaks, which is during the time that his mom is dying. And then she dies. And then we get into full-blown, you know, Kanye West at his most infamous. So I think most people listening will probably remember, even though it was a while back, the Taylor Swift at the VMAs, where he goes up to her and takes the mic and basically shames her for being up there. For winning. Yeah, for winning. He basically says, you know, it's all good and fine, Taylor. You had a great music video, but Beyonce had one of the best of all time. You know, it's like this is immediately met with huge backlash. I think for the next like two or three months, you can't turn on like late night or news and people aren't, you know, making fun of Kanye for this. And Kanye feels this kind of thing very personally. I think it's part of his narcissism, part of his who he is, but he, he then basically forces himself into exile goes away. Finally, he goes back to Hawaii where he gets, I mean, tons and tons of the best rappers of the time. Jay-Z. And artists from all over the place. So like Justin Vernon comes out to Hawaii to work on. His next album, which is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which I think is probably the greatest Kanye West album of all time. Just for context, so people know Justin Vernon is like the king of sad white boy music. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So that, I wasn't throwing like another hip hop guy. I'm just telling it like sad, experimental, wild off the wall, white yep. boy music. That's Justin Vernon. That's what he specializes in. Yep. yep. And so he's like bringing people from all over the map together. Right. But, but very creative, talented people from across the board. Right. And he's even discovering people at this time. So you've got like Nicki Minaj doing songs on that album. And at that time, Nicki Minaj had only produced mixtapes. You know, Mm -hmm. she hadn't produced even a single album or came out with a single album at that time. It was all mixtapes. And he brings her out there. And basically, this is her opportunity to shine. When that album comes comes out, it's basically Kanye's like, I mean, it's even in the opening of it. It's just Kanye realizes that the world hates him. And the only way that he's going to prove to the world that they're wrong is by coming out with something that's so great, so big so well produced that nobody can deny his genius. And that's what he did. He succeeded. Yep. So then you go forward and you get Jesus and Life of Pablo, which I think kind of end this phase of Kanye's life where he's just, he knows that he is considered by most to be the greatest, at least rap artist of all time. And so you come, you know, you get Jesus, which is basically Kanye's play on telling the world that he is the new Jesus. <laughs> You've get then you get Life of Pablo, where he's, you know, declaring to the world that I am a god, comparing himself and Kim to Mary and Joseph. You know, just Kanye West at his most conceited, his most prideful, 
And then, I mean, I don't know how to explain it other than he has a mental breakdown. Mm -hmm. Because you go from him doing all of these things where he's declaring to the world, I'm the greatest, you know, everybody respect me, to him being out in California and doing four songs on what should be a 15, 20 song set at a concert. And instead of doing that, he gets to his fourth song, looks at the audience and starts giving them a 15 minute rant about slavery, about why Donald Trump's great, drops the mic, walks off stage, cancels the whole tour. At the same time, you know, he's been seen wearing a MAGA hat. So, th- so just in context, this would be probably back in, you know, summer of 2017, mm-hmm. you know, and so he's making all these really, really political statements talking about 13th Amendment, getting rid of it, these things that are just like polarizing to yep. the world, especially from a black man. And then you go away for a while after he did the whole rant in California. The only thing we hear from him or anybody is that he's he's entered himself into a mental institution, essentially, to kind of diagnose his health. And then you go forward a year and you get Yi, which is basically his declaration to the world. Like, we've already known from Life of Pablo and, and Yeezus that he's obviously struggled with depression throughout his life. I mean, that goes back to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, where he talks about suicide and plays with the idea of suicide. But it's Life of Pablo and those, you get, like, explicit of him taking, you know, antidepressants and things like that. But it's not until Yi that we really get his full-on admission that he's been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and that he, you know, struggles with homicidal thoughts, suicidal thoughts, struggles with sex addiction, things like this. And so I think if you're actually looking at Kanye West's life, Yi is a good place to see that something changed and is post life of Pablo where, you know, he's at the height of his pride at the height of his arrogance. And then all of a sudden this downward. And so I really think that the last, you know, year and a half have have been another semi comeback story for Kanye in the sense that he's trying to explain to the world who he is and repackage himself, which then gets us fully up to Jesus is king. There is an aborted repackaging of himself yeah yep. between ye and jesus is king right. that we were all expecting to see or the world was expecting right to right see. which is very important yeah yondi yeah so he's been promising us since the end of 2018 a new album which was going to be called yondi so since my beautiful dark twisted fantasy this is this is just kind of explains kanye's obsession with with how he does it, and it's unlike anybody else really so he did in My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, he went to Hawaii, had all these people come out and like they've talked about like his relentless schedule. He would wake up at this time, they would wake up at this time. Didn't matter if they were actually recording that day or not. They were up with him, they were in the meetings, et cetera, et cetera. And he's kept doing that since. And he recently started doing this out in Wyoming with Yi. And the next one was gonna be Yondi. We did, at the beginning of this year, get a lot of leaks from that album, which I liked, but we never actually got the fully recognized version of that album. Instead, we just get this one-day random tweet from Kim Kardashian that the next album is going to be called Jesus is King and a set list. The whole world just loses its Blows mind. Blows up, yeah. <laughs> you know, of like, what? Like, where is Yondi? What's happened? You know, and we've been getting these Sunday services 
that that Kanye has been doing for a while now where he's got these, you know, semi religious concerts that he's been doing where he's got a pastor or somebody come, they preach the gospel, he sings a bunch of gospel music. And so I think that that gets us up fully to Jesus as king, which I think has been, I don't know, both sides of this kind of have frustrated me listening to Christians talk about it and listening to non-Christians talk about it. Non-Christians seem to, a good majority of them seem to really dislike it. I think that when I look at what they're saying, I I tend to think it's because the only lens that they can look at it through is the fact that Kanye has for the last two years been supporting Trump, saying controversial things about like the 13th Amendment, been talking, you know, fairly conservatively, and this just doubled down on it. Yeah, what what happens, the pattern with Kanye is Kanye does something really ridiculous and outlandish publicly. Kanye goes then reinvents himself in such a way as to win everyone back to himself. Right, right. That's what everybody's expecting Yandi to do, was he's drawn a lot of attention to himself with all this Trump thing, all this Trump stuff. Now he's going to go and reinvent himself again, and he's going to turn it into something new that's special. He's going to make us decide we have to like him again. And instead, he's doubled down. And so we get Jesus is King, which I do think is a great album. I think it's a great Christian album, too. So that that's that's a perspective on like why I don't really necessarily agree on with the non-Christians that are critiquing it. I have heard some non-Christians give good takes, but a whole lot of them are just I mean it, I feel like they've been mad at Kanye since his 15-minute rant at that concert. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not stopped. Yeah, I mean I've read a lot of the major review, you know, your pitchforks, your Rolling yep. Stones, and it's all just like Trump this, Trump that. We hate Kanye's politics. He's a provocateur. Let's not be taken in by this latest provocation. Yep. And very little about, and they just say, well, you know, the music's okay, but he doesn't really understand gospel or something. Like, that's basically most of the major media reviews in a nutshell. Right. And I would say that I actually do agree with some of that, only in that I don't think that Kanye, it, I, what I don't like about Christians is that view on this <laughs> album. I mm-hmm. do like Christians. But what I don't like about their view on this album is that a lot of them have, it almost, they're almost acting like this is the greatest Christian manifesto to come out from a rap artist Mm -hmm. ever, which I would say, like, I don't really listen to Christian rap, but I've heard some things by like Lecrae and Toby Mac. And I would say that those guys have at least a better packaged understanding of Christianity than Kanye. Right. And that's, you know, I don't know much about those guys, but... When I listen to this album, I don't see somebody who is giving us like this amazing presentation of scripture or the gospel. What I see is Kanye still processing, which is, that is Kanye. Every single album that Kanye has ever done has been him processing his life through a certain lens. And that's what I see with this album is that Kanye is simply processing his life through the lens of, I've been hated, I'm going to start living my life for God, which is probably going to make me more hated. And here's how I'm processing it. And there's some beautiful stuff in there that Christians can identify with. It's meaningful stuff. There is, yes. There's also things in there that I think Christians should be aware of and not, you know, just, I I mean, you still get Kanye comparing himself to Noah. You get him him justifying his past actions, you know, like, and I, I don't necessarily think that he was wrong with some of the things that he said, but, you know, he does spend a whole lot of time in certain songs justifying his past remarks. Mm -hmm. 
and still double, you know, talking about the fact that he's the greatest artist resting or alive, right? You know, <laughs> which would be the lyric from the album. But yes. the kind of thing that he said, even in interviews about this album in particular. Yeah, yeah. Saying that he is the greatest artist to have ever lived. Mm-hmm. And so I think when people look at this, I think like what you were talking about at the very beginning, you know, people people need to be quiet and let Kanye, this is how Kanye is processing what he's doing. This is how Kanye processes every Everything. aspect of his life, right? So the question is, you know, what a lot of people with the haters are going to say is Kanye goes away, Kanye reinvents himself. Kanye goes away, Kanye reinvents himself. Yep. This is just what Kanye this does. Is another so this is just another version of that. And that's fine, whatever. Not his best work. We'll see what he does next time. So that's what the 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 haters who kind of maybe mm-hmm. get the big picture of where Kanye's been and how he works, how he processes, and what each of his albums are. That's a, that's the kind of thing that people are going to say. Yeah, and it is true that very mu- that Kanye is still very much Kanye. Yep. On this album, this album is a man who has gone away and reinvented himself, or been reinvented by God, and is processing all of it out loud for us. And so this is what Christian Kanye looks like. Yep. Let's hope and pray that we get more Christian Kanye and a better Christian Kanye yes. and a yeah. better and a better and a better Christian Kanye, a Kanye who has been reinvented by God and not simply a bipolar man who is, mm-hmm. you know. Happens to be on the upswing right now. Yeah, who's on the upswing, yep. but who's going to crash when reality hits. He's aware, and the album is very self-aware that a crash could happen. And yep. the album is laced with pray with me, pick me up when I fall kinds of things. And he's also very aware that the place where the rubber meets the road for him is his family. Yes. And that permeates yes. the whole album. And how could you be Kanye West, married to Kim Kardashian, related to Bruce Jenner, and not realize that your family is where this is all going to rise or fall? Yeah. Either you're going to be able to lead your wife and your kids through this, or... You're going to have to ha- find out how to walk the road alone or you're going to crash. Well, one thing he that, knows that. One thing that I like about that or one thing that I that gives me a little hope for Kanye, and I kind of hate to even speculate about it, you know, like I don't know the man. I just know what I read and who knows. But one thing that gives me hope just in terms of kind of a, the broader societal, cultural context of it all, A, the world will make a little space for a black man to lead his family in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a way that it won't for a white guy. Yeah. If a white guy released the lyrics about you got to protect your daughters and stuff like that, yep. that might be, I think, Jake, you might have been pointing this out earlier yeah. when we were discussing off mic. That might actually be the dominant narrative of this whole thing was white misogynist idiot. But Kanye can actually be a father to his family in a way that we don't really allow for white guys to do. Secondly, he is enough of an iconoclast that it's interesting to see that it's interesting to at least note that he's making the right enemies. The liberal progressive elitists hate him. And I could see him just digging his heels in there. And it's yep. not that digging your heels in as an iconoclast saves you. You know, it's not that yeah, that's... it's not like it's in, an intrinsic virtue. Intrinsic virtue, but... But it's something that does have, carry with it some built-in protections against caving. Right. And you see this even with his support of Donald Trump. Like, that's an iconoclastic move on Kanye's right. part. Yep. And the fact that he was willing to swim upstream as a top-tier black artist before he had something real Mm -hmm. to stand for in Jesus. I mean, that's a hopeful thing. He's got the kind of backbone that if he believes in something, he he's already proven before he became a Christian that he could, he could stand against the tide in a, 
Right. And it's not that this it's not that his redemption can be worked out simply as an act of opposition, but the opposition that he's going to receive from it may add fuel to the fire instead of damping down on the fire, which is just uh, something to note. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, my other two cents about the whole thing, Jeremy was talking about the Christian's reaction to this. And I just think Christians are so desperate to have something cool yep. on their side. Yes. The place where yeah. we, we actually don't, I think, feel politically oppressed nearly as much, a lot of us, as we do feel artistically oppressed. I mean, we all feel Marvel, Disney, all the pop culture stuff that everybody likes, popular music, it's all secular, it's all godless, it's all progressive, it's all LGB, whatever. And we just feel bad about that. And I think any Christian who's intelligent feels bad about the unintelligent response that Christians have to it. You know, the dumb Christian movies, <laughs> the God is not dead, the really cheesy stuff that Christians fireproof. come back, fireproof. You know, I, I haven't even watched that stuff because I despise that Whatever stuff. Whatever you hear on yes. K-Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how much of even putting together a podcast like this, Jake, is us not necessarily deciding to be cool, but just processing things through like, we want to be Christians and we also just want to do something good. And it's yeah. really hard to know how to do that. And so finally, a big, giant cultural icon, you know, this guy is doing something that's cool. It's actually already you know the seeds of not coolness have been sown the big the liberal elites don't like it and the only point i want to make is that's fine be excited about that but understand that if kanye continues to actually be a christian and grows as a christian he will become uncool yep. and you won't be able to latch your coolness to him one of two things will happen his christianity he will remain cool or flame out or do whatever he wants to do but he will he will have a shot at remaining cool by his christianity dying down or he will prove that he really has been saved and that his faith has taken root and he will start to say things about abortion or he'll, he'll you know, he'll have that interview where he says that thing yep. and suddenly he'll everybody hates him. Put those lyrics into that song. Puts those lyrics. And, and he will suddenly have the aroma of death and the world will hate him and the late night hosts will make fun of him. And you can already kind of see that percolating. You yep. still have Brad Pitt coming to the, what are they called? The Sunday services. But the day might come very soon if, if Kanye sticks to his guns where Brad Pitt wouldn't be seen with within a mile of one of those things. And so let's just not all be excited simply because something is Christian and something is cool. And let's not anoint it the greatest thing ever. Let's understand right. the limitations of it. Like Jeremy's talking about, it's very personal. It's not, not that it needs to be strongly doctrinal, but it's not the be all end all. There are probably better Christian rap albums yeah. out there yeah. written by people I've never heard of. Yep. You know, let's, it's pretty great. Yeah, it's and, a good album. Yeah. It's fun. And I think what you're talking about, you can already see that beginning to happen with some of his interviews. I mean, if Kanye does continue doing what he's doing and saying the things that he's saying, I think you're right. He will quickly become uncool. I mean, you can already see it. I mean, Pitchfork, Paste, all of the places that you go to to find good yeah. music what's cool, today. Yeah. That I go to to find right, what's cool. Yeah. Same. Are like this is like this is lame. This e is even, passing. The, even the interviews and things that like are positive. James Corden did a thing with Kanye, right. right? He's on a plane with Kanye and Kanye's Sunday morning or his Sunday service choir. And in that context, Corden's got to play like he's all there. Yep. He's all with it. That's the whole point of the thing. But you see how uncomfortable he gets oh, in different yeah. places yeah. and the places where Kanye is going to make him uncomfortable. And, you know, it's like, I haven't yeah, watched the Kimmel interview yet. 
which I'd be interested to see how Kimmel handles it because he's much more sophisticated and snarky than Corden could ever be. I mean, we were talking earlier, Jake, about how yeah. what that would have been like if it was Letterman because Letterman right. had a way of yeah. always making fun of his guests and kind of being polite with them. Sometimes he'd just be vicious, but if it was a bigger celebrity, he'd be polite, but also he'd have a little joke that he was kind of sharing with the audience there in the studio and also especially and especially the television like letterman was the mass he was just a master of irony he knew how to raise an eyebrow and tell you this kind of this guy's crazy even while he's he's being polite so corden's kind of an easy uh you know yep. corden's just a pushover i hate <laughs> yeah and that's what that that's what that whole interview is and it couldn't be anything less than that especially in the context that he was in oh, because he's, he's such a yeah he's the in guy. the middle of yeah he's like the and not just trapped on the middle of the airplane with a guy in his group in his Christian choir, but he's the lone white face in the middle of all of it, which right. complicates it that much more for yeah. him, right? Like he can't just play sideways to this plane full of black people, mm-hmm. right? Even if he hates their religion and he hates Kanye's, yeah, I think you should have as many kids as possible. I want to have seven. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're walking dead, man. Like yeah. you know, whatever those you know, all those little things that Kanye says in that moment, Kanye is in the driver's seat and is in the position of, it's actually de- relative to a lot of other circumstances. Like the de- Kanye has got the deck stacked in his favor. Yep. Doesn't necessarily have to take a lot of courage to do what he did with James Corden on that plane, right. which is not to diminish any of those little steps, words of faith that he said that are real and true. But Kanye is going to find himself in situations where the deck's not stacked in his favor, yep. where it doesn't have to come across as, you know, pro Kanye, you know, that's going to be hard. And we've seen this thing happen before. You know, I've, I told you, you know, just listening to the album, listening to, it's like that fake John Wesley quote. One of the main things that's attractive about this album is that, you know, you set a man on fire, people will come from miles around, around to watch him burn. burn. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Kanye's a man on fire. Part of what's so attractive about this album is it just, he's on fire and you want to see him burn. He's a believer. He, He's all about it. And I I feel listening to the album that I'm not listening to Kanye West. I feel like I'm listening to a brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like I I understand this. Like yeah. I get what I get the place that this a lot of this is coming from. Yeah, if somebody put a gun and, to my head and said, make a judgment about Kanye's faith, I think what I'd say is, well, it sure seems like a seed's sprouted. This is not a seed that's landed on rocks and not sprouted, whether the soil is deep or not only time will tell whether, yeah. whether the flower will put down roots. I don't know, but it, there, it sure seems like there's a flower. And our part when yeah. that happens is always to rejoice mm-hmm. as Christians. It's not to do anything less than that. When the prodigal comes home, you rejoice, you slaughter the fattened calf. When the prostitute comes and anoints the feet of Jesus with her tears, you rejoice and you don't stand aside like Peter. Do you know what this person has done? Sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, even those people end up, falling away from the faith. And we have been there and done that with Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. And he had a strong conversion and the Christians flocked and all everybody wanted to get their hooks in him and everybody wanted to make him the spokesperson for celebrity cool. And then his cool went away and he tanked and then he came back and now he's cool and ironic again mm-hmm. and also not a Christian. And he was lyrically much stronger than, I mean, now you can argue about artistically whether he was stronger, but in terms of Setting forth Chris, Christian truth, Slow Train Coming yeah, for sure. is yeah. a better album if, if that's your only standard, which it, I don't think it actually should be. But. Which I think I think maybe actually is one of the things that I like the most about this album is that it's not 
it's just Kanye being Kanye, but processing his life through. Yeah, I think it's very sweet and lovable. Through his faith and through his family, which seems to be the other big lens that he processes everything through nowadays. And if we, and if we keep, thinking of his life and you know i mean he's already said which i i don't have much hope for but he's already said that he wants to drop another album at the end of this year oh that'd be cool it would be and i think that it'll be fascinating to see because because the only reason never... to hope for that is that interview he gave where he was talking about what a blasphemer he is for calling himself a perfectionist yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. and and so maybe if he decides that he's got to repent of his perfectionism because only God is perfect and he needs to stop pretending like he can achieve perfection, then maybe we'll get a yeah, another yeah, album. Yeah. But even this album, you know, got delayed for a month and everything that you saw about it was, you know, every time he listens to it, he wants to tweak it, he wants to redo it. He's got to bring people in to redo this or redo that. Right. Or is it my right that he recorded every song and then scrapped them and re-recorded like He does everything? that all the time. Yeah. I mean, like when we got Life of Pablo, we got, before it before it actually came out we got like a whole track list that was leaked and i think only like two or three songs and that may have been for ye but one of them he he dropped a whole album it got leaked and then only like two or three songs actually made it and this has happened multiple times with both yandi and this well in yandi i mean my understanding correct me if i'm wrong like some of the songs that we hear on Jesus is King were from were from yeah, Yandi yeah. that they were completely rewritten, redone. Yeah. redone. Nicki Minaj was supposed to be on this, and he couldn't yeah. get the rewrite, or he couldn't get the thing, the, the song right. right. I think from him, or she quit. Yeah, she and quit. Just because like, they I'm not being a part of this. Eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the story was she had a pretty sexual track. Yes, yeah, and she wouldn't rewrite it, or she wouldn't perform his rewrite of it. Yep, and. That was it. So the song's dead. Well, that's one of the reasons he's going to become, if he sticks to his guns uncool so fast, is because he's not going to be able to hit this in an abstract way. The only way he can hit it is through his family and through sexuality. And he's got a wife that's (laughs) made a billion dollar industry out of her own sexuality. And one one way or another, he's going to have to hit that. And he is hitting it. Yeah. And And let's just, let me just caution people about even looking too deep into you know, about just stuff. Googling it because... Right, like, okay, so people who don't like Kanye and who are angry about Kanye or his album or his conversion are just going to post lewd things of his wife just to be nasty. And they have both done some awful things. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And people are, are using that, weaponizing their past against them. And you got to be careful even where and how you look to see what's going on. Yep. With this stuff. Well, I think that's another place where we can have a little hope, though, for his repentance. I think some people are cynical. You know, he hasn't just made the big, like, Kim's pulling all the pictures. You know, that's not happened yet. But I think people should just realize it's complicated. You could imagine if you're just, like, married to a prostitute, if I may say so, and then you get saved, you're going to tell her to stop walking the streets. If you're married to Kim Kardashian, it's all already out there. It's, there's, you know, what do you do? And I'm not saying you don't do something and you don't do something right away and you don't do something dramatic, but I am saying let's have a little sympathy for the fact that it's a pretty complicated problem. I mean, Kanye's got all these old lyrics. Right. Well, and part of these old pictures of him with upside down crosses and yep, with uh, Egyptian, you know, I mean, like he's, he's been like very, very blasphemous. Mm -hmm. But part of the problem is, is that, and I've heard Christians say that and it kind of irritates me. It's like, 
there's only three albums by Kanye that were even produced by his own production studio. Most of them were done by Rockefeller. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have the rights to pull them, you know? Right, right. I mean, how can he do it? I mean, Kim Kardashian, her sex tape was famously leaked by, she doesn't own the rights to it. It's just out there. Once right. it's out there, she's it's out there. Playboy. She's signed, she's, she's signed away her rights when she, gives, when she takes those pictures for different publications. Right, exactly. Now, she could become a lawyer like she wants to and make a like big... She's working does. towards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe the perfect version of the future is her going to bat for image likeness and yes. she, she wants to get it all the past sponged away and the big evil corporations won't let her. But even then, let's let's say she won that fight. There'd still be things it's circulating on the internet. The internet's unfortunately People written have in, saved in them. stone. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I'm not really saying anything with that, except for let's just have a little bit of sympathy for the situation that these people find themselves in through their own sin. We even thank you keeping up with the Kardashians. We see them working through it. Yeah. And yep. that's why keeping up with the Kardashians needs to die because they need to be able to do this. They need to be able to, yeah. to do you it. You should in, just tell people if they don't know what you're referring to, though. Yeah. Well, you know, they're going to an awards banquet or something like that. Kim is got this dress that is very provocative provocative and probably Kanye picked it out or you know helped buy or whatever you know who knows but suddenly he has this thought of actually I'm not comfortable with you going out like that like I'm all for you being sexy but sexy for who like shouldn't you just be sexy for your husband and she's like wait I don't understand I'm confused like don't you like this this isn't isn't this like like our thing well, it's what, just she's like crying. I, I haven't actually watched. I read a thing about it. Yep. So, but she's you know gonna cry and like I don't. Yeah, I mean, so, I, he probably loses that fight, or else it wouldn't, it wouldn't he, make it into the episode. Says something along the lines of that she's not in the same place on her journey as he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think the sweetest thing about that that was that Kanye recognizes that he he has in some ways helped create her image because of who he is. I mean, right. he's a rap. Rapper, you look at Beyonce, you look at all of these guys, and what they want is what Kim Kardashian is. And Kanye sees that in himself. Yeah. And he's also coming around and he's trying in his ways to throw the gauntlet down and say, Can't do it. We can't do this anymore. You know, this is the this is the fight for my family. This is the fight for my soul. This is a fight for my kids, for my wife, for my life. Like that's yeah. almost That's a quote. A yep. quote from the album, yeah, right? Quote, yeah. He, I mean, he knows that that's the place where the fight is and is going to be. And, you know, I've read he really has imposed on himself and his family, like a pretty Sabbatarian kind of, we're not going to be on social yep. media on Sundays. His life's gone quiet. They eat dinner together as a family. They play with the kids. They put them to bed. They, you know, he reads the Bible. Like he's working on figuring out how to lead his family, whether or not he can lead her through it. Yeah. It's another yeah. question whether or not he can stand up to her and go the road alone. If that's what he needs to do is another question. Obviously on his mind. Very much on his mind all over the place on the album. Mm -hmm. But also the other hopeful part of this to me is that he very much will credit the fact that he it, he did marry, get married and he did start a family with his repentance. Yep. His journey to God is like this surprising thing that now he's got a wife to take care of and now he's got kids and now he's got four kids. He wants to have seven. He thinks you should have as many kids as possible. Like yeah, they're blessings. They're all blessings. Why wouldn't you? Like yep. he has all these thoughts that are yeah. like, sweet. but he's, it's really sweet. And he's, it is his family and his family 
connected to God and trying to figure out how to be a good husband and father that you really feel has been part of the driver this whole way. So that I don't want to pretend like, you know, it's going to be, he, he, he's going to come through all of it with his family, but he might like Mm -hmm. there's, there's good reasons to hope. There's good reasons to be hopeful that he'll come, you know, Kim's posting is being at least publicly supportive, posting videos of their kids worshiping God and being baptized. And And she was baptized, wasn't she? Yeah. Yep. And she wore a veil (laughs) for the baptism. Huh. <laughs> or a head covering there you or go. something yep. like that. Kanye West brings head coverings back to Western civilization. Wouldn't it be amazing? <laughs> it would be. I, mean, I think the thing, going back to one thing you said earlier about him being able to withstand the pressures, I do think that one thing that I, was, I liked about this album is that if you've listened to him before, one of the things that you always see on his tracks is that they feature, he features tons and tons of other people. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was missing from this, also kind of missing from the last album as well, is that he didn't feature tons of people. And I think that we still got an amazingly well-produced album with some amazing samples, everything you'd want from Kanye, and he did it without other people, really. Mm-hmm. It's it's impressive, and he did it with an amazing choir. He did yeah. it with an amazing choir. Yep. Well, and yep. and to throw a bone to the Christians who are just excited to have a a cool Christian, it is fun. It is it fun. is fun to have a Christian, a guy making quote unquote Christian music who can actually just throw a billion dollars at it and make it everything that and he, who knows what to do with a billion and who, dollars. Yeah, and who knows, and knows what, what to do yes. with a cool choir and what to do with who has the idea? I know what this song needs. Kenny G. Yeah. And he's right. Yeah, right. And <laughs> I have his phone number. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and a guy who is not, I mean, he's not going to go out of the, you know, he's going to be in the media's attention for the rest of his life, mm. no matter what. I mean, he, the next album that he comes out with will still be reviewed by Pitchfork. Yep. It'll still be reviewed by Paste. Maybe that won't be true in five years, but. No, even, next, even if for, they start to hate while. him, they'll hate review it for the, until exactly. the end of time. Exactly. Like, here's another sucky attempt <laughs> yes. at a. Yeah, you know. it's a, so he's got that. Yeah, I mean, Bob Dylan was never going to end up being ignored either. Right, right, right. No, he's just an icon, and so is so yep. is Kanye. Okay, so takeaways: it won't stay cool if it stays Christian. That's my big takeaway. Jeremy's takeaway is Kanye's still Kanye. Kanye's still Kanye. And if you didn't know, now you know. And Jake, your big takeaway is to uh, have a little hope in space or something like that. Not let's let's celebrate a uh, sinner coming home. Let's shut up and give him space and let's understand how difficult a road this is going to be for him and how much conflict he's going to have to go through and pray for the guy because he needs it. Yeah. And well, one of the things that you you always like to say around Christmas time is, you know, people will complain about Dean Martin or Mariah Carey commanding us to fall on our knees and worship the Savior. You know, one of, one of uh, the classic Jake Menzel thoughts is, isn't that cool? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the yeah. best. Yeah. These people are being hypocrites, but God is using them to command everybody at Walmart to fall down on your knees. Yeah, and I look think- at what God's done, that he's created a world where even Frank Sinatra has to pay lip service to him, yep. right? And the public of figures, even artists, I think, do carry a certain amount of symbolic weight or authority. And so to see, Con- let's, let's just pretend for a moment like Kanye is being completely cynical. It's just a function of his bipolar narcissism. I still think it's kind of cool to see a public well, the fact is, guy bearing his public image this way in glory of God. It's yep. And the fact is, no matter 
no matter what happens with Kanye in the end, God will have used this for yes, all kinds yeah. of good and all kinds of people's lives. And it's been an encouragement to me yeah, right yep, now. Yeah. At the very least, it's got everybody talking and thinking and that's yep. something. <sighs> Just like a great podcast like Sound of Sanity, which was produced by me, featured Ben. I'm still here. <laughs> got any thoughts, Ben? Uh, my takeaway is that we're going to be producing the next great rap album right here at Warhorn Media Studios. Yep, that's right. Or maybe Kanye will be producing the next <laughs> album. Songs, rap. Uh, it could be. 41 to 50 by Kanye West featuring My Soul Among Lives. Yeah, featuring Jody, that great rap artist, Jody Killingsworth. And thank you very much for being here, Jeremy. No problem. Maybe we'll have you back again sometime to talk about music. Hey, people. Hey, hey, fun thing, yeah. guys. We literally texted Jeremy like, 20 minutes before this episode started and said, hey, can you drive here and provide some context on Kanye West for us? And he got in his truck and drove straight here and sat down in the chair and started talking. So all of that, him and Brandon, not so far off when it comes to uh, their ability to provide context. Brandon, Shakespeare, Jeremy. The modern Shakespeare. The modern Shakespeare. Exactly. Shakespeare in the flesh. Shakespeare in the flesh. <laughs> So thank you to Jeremy. We'll have to have you come on for Paul. It occurs to me we should say people probably shouldn't listen to Kanye. Yeah, and others. disclaimer: most it's, of his albums are not. It's pretty vulgar, yeah, nasty stuff. Say, yeah, if which you'll find is, like even if you're if you're listening to this album on Spotify or whatever, like when it gets done, it's gonna go into playing more Kanye. Yep. You know, if you play it for your kids, which I recommend doing. Yep. It's great. You just, need to, you just need to be sure you know when that album ends because you have no idea what's going to come on next. Yeah. And to say that it can be pornographic is to be an understatement. An understatement. It might be very explicitly biological. Uh, and that's not good or profane. So thank you, Jeremy. No thank problem. you, Ben. Thank you, Jake. We executive produced this bad boy, me and Jake. And folks, until next time, Jesus is King. And speaking of rap, folks, we've got quite possibly the best rap now coming your way. This is actually, and I'm not telling a lie here, a cut scene from the episode of The Ville called Everything is Possum. Originally, Quentin Seltzer had a rap song, and we cut it out of the episode for reasons that you may or may not understand in exactly <laughs> a couple seconds. So, but we're, you're going to get to hear it now in honor of another great art, rap artist. Yeah, that's right, Nathan. And the reason, Nathan, the subtext here, folks, in case you didn't catch that, is that it would have kind of overshadowed the rest of that episode. <laughs> Writing is not the best, but my rap songs, what can I say? I mean, they're going to they're gonna overshadow any anything in any place they are because they're that good. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> My name is Quentin and I'm here to say I like to go on Reddit every single day. I write awesome books and I sell them at the church. You don't know about them. I won't leave you in the lurch. Homie's got you covered. I'm a child of the streets. I'm ripping up my golf game and I'm eating pickled beets. All the ladies love me. They ask me for my number, but my phone is disconnected, which is really quite a bummer. Don't worry, I'm assertive with a cell phone company. I told them they were jerks because I wanted it for free. Wrote about it in a blog post. Those losers called it libel. Anyway, I'm super pumped to be a pastor of the Bible. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>